Hello and welcome to the Lab Leaders Podcast, a show brought to you by the Human Understanding Lab of the Unlimited Group. I'm your host, Faye Hawkins. I've had over two decades of marketing, digital and comms experience, and I'm learning so much about how brands can maximise their marketing performance using data and insights from the experts we have on the show. Each episode, I speak to one of our lab leaders with a neuroscience, behavioural science or data science spin on how deeper human understanding has helped brands to improve conversion and performance across the customer journey. These are real-life, practical conversations about how new insight-led techniques change a brand's impact in the market. I'm delighted to have a special guest in the studio today, Owen Rogers, who is the managing partner at TMW Business. We are going to be talking about a topic that's very close to my heart, the world of B2B marketing and how it's changing. I'm delighted to have Owen with us in the studio. He's the agency leader at TMW Business, which is our B2B specialist agency at Unlimited. He's been in the industry for 17 years, working with the likes of Microsoft, Fujitsu, Panasonic and Canon. So welcome, Owen. Hi, Faye. Thank you for having me. Well, really happy to have you here. There's so much going on in the world of B2B marketing at the moment, forces at play, new dynamics. What's your take on you know, some of the changes that are kind of happening in B2B? You know, we've been talking a lot about this topic of the dark funnel, and it's not as sinister as it seems, which is good news, I think. It's all about the B2B buyer and how the world is changing. And I mean, we always talk in B2B marketing that the world is changing, and that's a constant. But what it means is that traditional B2B marketing efforts are becoming a bit unsuitable for today's buyers. And they are doing things on their own terms. And I guess the pendulum is swinging back to them in terms of power. So not that it's a power struggle between the buyers and the sellers, but B2B marketing has always taken the lead and been the the kind of force behind the buying engagement or the buying journey. And so this dark funnel story is Mm -hmm. about the fact that the audience is doing things on their terms and we in B2B have become a little bit obsessed with the funnel and micro-analyzing everything in it. I guess there's, there's a couple of, like you say, there's a couple of things that are happening in the market that make that be true. So there's changing demographics, of course. So millennials mm-hmm. and Gen Z are coming into the workforce more and more. And the, the baby boomers are kind of starting to fade out as they get into retirement age. The pandemic itself has had an impact, as you can imagine. So the decision-making unit is bigger and now than it was before the pandemic. It's gone from an average of 17 to 27 touch points and it kind of it kind of sat around that 15 to 17 touch point area for quite a few years and then it's jumped up by an extra 10 basically to 27 so there's a lot more engagement touch points across that buyer journey the buying team itself is getting a lot bigger too mm-hmm. and so it's it's jumped up in terms of the number of people that are involved and as you can imagine the pandemic's had an impact there in terms of the fragmentation yeah. of decision making because we're all working remotely We've kind of forgotten about the buyers. We've been so focused on what we can do as B2B marketers. And we've been, you know, obsessed with the control that we have and the ability we have to measure everything. We've kind of forgot about what it's being like for the buyers on the on the receiving end of all that. And I think over the last couple of years, our, our obsession with the bottom of the funnel and the way that we're, we're keeping relentlessly marketing the same thing to the same people and expecting more and more people to buy. There are only so many people who want to buy the thing. So we need to stop and think, how can we be problem solvers, be brands that are interesting to engage with, be people who have expertise and value to add rather than sales conversations to have. There's a difference in that model. It's less about selling and more about helping. And there's only so much selling that a brand can do and there's only so much buying that buyers can do. So you're basically saying that, you know, we're we're approaching the very definition of B2B marketing insanity. You know, we're all doing the same things. And we're all expecting a better outcome. And actually, you know, we've completely forgotten about the buyers. And, you know, they, they've got so many 
emails that are landing in their inbox and sales calls that are you know driving them crazy and actually we haven't thought about what matters to them and how do we create an experience that really helps them to buy or we have thought about it but we've kind of lost it in the sands of in the sands of (laughs) funnel analytics (laughs) yeah well it, it is exactly that i mean we're high on our own fumes if we think that what we're doing is working well we we measure the things that we can measure and the proof that we're doing a good job but actually if we wanted to really address how effective our marketing was being we would be measuring different things and we would be caring about different things and doing different things what you're saying here is that b2b marketing needs to stop and think and really have a look at it if we want to get future performance then you have to think about some of the things that are missing from that strategy and it's going to be a you know a tough moment of self-reflection exactly and we can't convert demand that doesn't exist so we have to start thinking about how we might might make it exist how we would create it and then convert it it is a wake up and smell the coffee kind of moment but it makes people feel really uncomfortable because a lot of b2b brands have been doing this for a long time and that ship has been sailing in one direction for a long time and it's built up a lot of momentum how many ropes do you have to tie to the back of that ship to get it to turn around do you know what i mean so people Mm -hmm. They'll hear the stories and they'll nod and they'll laugh and they'll say, oh God, it is silly that we do that. And then they'll continue doing it because it's easier to just go with the status quo and continue doing it than to say, hold on guys, we need a major rethink. Yeah. Being completely transparent about it. The the clients that I've worked with, where we've done reviews of their nurture journeys and the content that's in them, for the most part, how it actually qualifies anyone in is a massive, like, because the, the quality of the content that's in there and the sequence that's set up, you get hammered with stuff that's not relevant or very well put together every three days and then you're expected to want to buy it. You know, that, yeah. that's just not real life. And then, then we bemoan sales because sales are like, oh, you've created these really tenuous leads for us and we're supposed to do something with them. And then we're like, but you wanted them and we, got, we gave them to you. Just get on with it. You know, we are creating insufficient volume and value of leads and we're just doing more and more of it. And we're not listening mm-hmm. and we're not changing. So it's not about volume, it's about quality and connecting with people in the right way, not just anyone who looks like they might be interested. I think I think it's back to the content thing. I mean, we, we talked about, you know, content helping, not hyping 15 years ago. I have literally said that 15 years ago and I'm saying it again. It's like a deja vu moment, but we've almost ruined content marketing by making it so transactional. So I think it's mainly a different type of content and allowing buyers to put their hand up and say i'm interested tell me more rather than us flogging the hell out of them and shoving it down their throat whether they want it or not but buyers have said i don't want to do this your way anymore and we're like but we're going to keep doing it doesn't matter we're going to keep doing it here's some more nurture emails i mean i barely reply to emails in my inbox that are from people i know never mind from brands that are trying to sell me something i was engaged in six or nine months ago what sort of things are you starting to, to kind of feel are needed uh, to get a better performance out of B2B? I think one thing that we need to, to ask ourselves about is this quid pro quo that we've got ourselves into, this I'll give you data in return from, for your ebook model. And that's very typical in B2B and it's that content more exchange, I guess. But that's becoming less and less effective because the buyers know what's going to happen. Either we're going to spam them to death for eternity or they're going to get an unwelcome sales call. And those things need to change because the audience is not responding to them. So we're seeing a really interesting emergence of a, of a trend called telephone apprehension. So that's, mm-hmm. again, back to those Gen Z and millennial buyers. They grew up with text-based communications like BBM, MSN Messenger, WhatsApp, and even Tinder. So 
the idea of speaking to someone on the phone is a little bit alien for these younger audiences and they don't really want that telephone interaction as part of the buying cycle and a lot of b2b brands still rely quite heavily on not necessarily telemarketing but certainly tele-validation tele-qualification all those kinds of things yeah it's, it's almost like we've forgotten how humans like to experience brands in b2b perhaps we need a little bit of a reset in b2b around you know what's the best way to actually connect on a human level well, the good news is that I don't think content marketing is dead, but we probably need to do a different type of content marketing. We'll still keep people interested and people will continue to want to consume content, but it has to be the right kind of content. And it should be more about, our focus should be more about the content experience than that content conversion. And so that comes down to, like I say, dropping that quid pro quo and allowing buyers to experience the content for free effectively. So allowing the buyer to engage with your brand and experience your value add rather than thinking, how can I get them to exchange this, this data exchange thing to happen so that I can start the nurture process and get them into my funnel, because that's the funnel obsession coming right up there. I'm just thinking about, you know, some of the parallels in, in B2C and, you know, the, the principles of, of marketing and, you know, experience is so high on the list. And I wouldn't say that necessarily you, you see that in the same way in B2B. If you think about the, the demand creation side of b2b marketing what sort of things are you seeing that are going to be more effective than than perhaps some of these more tactical sales driven mql driven approaches yeah and we're seeing a big resurgence in this idea of b2b brand and experience and since that binet and field research came out we've talked about that double focus so brand and demand or short-term sales focus activities supported and multiplied by effective brand building and customer experience marketing and and B2B marketers have become so short-sighted that we can't see what's happening further up in the funnel, too much demand conversion and not enough demand creation. And those two work synergistically as demand generation. You know, they break down into the two parts. You need to create the demand and then convert it. But we're so focused on the converting that we've forgotten about the creation. So in terms of what's happening further up the funnel, it's easy to jump to an idea like in a, a content format or a golden nugget or a silver bullet. But the content format is easy to focus on rather than the topic itself. So podcasts and webinars, the subject matter is really important and exposing expertise and gu giving guidance is really critical. So that involves people and conversation, which is much more engaging for prospects. So it's about not necessarily the, the content format, but more the topic and being able to help and not hype. And again, that's a, that's a key notion in B2B marketing, the difference between turning your messaging hierarchy into an ebook or engaging with the audience on something that they're interested in and being more editorial in your content creation style. When we're not saying, you know, the, the world has changed and you have to change the way that you're working. Perhaps it's more of a refinement of what, what is the right content that you're creating and how do you maybe build that into a journey that has a more emotional connection? I think it's, it's about, yeah, it's evolution, not revolution, I guess, but it's going to be something that's a little bit uncomfortable for some marketing teams that have got themselves obsessed with conversion and they're really metric focused, MQL focused. And in a lot of cases, that's what the business is asking for. So it's, it's a little bit of a, a fait accompli, I suppose. But brand and demand need to work synergistically together. And, and if you leave your brand out of date in the way that people are engaging with you when they're not in that demand gen world, if, that's diff if there's a disconnect there, that synergy is lost and you could be communicating something in Congress, which is about experience for the buyer. Mm -hmm. So there's been lots of change that's happened over the last two years and we've seen unprecedented change coming from all different areas and it's a bit crazy out there. 
and but marketing teams are realizing that the world and their business has moved on so going back to brand and purpose sustainability ethics and equality are all really important both in b2c and b2b buying mm -hmm. and those things weren't really on the agenda of b2b brands maybe five years ago so a lot of our clients are, are identifying the need to to readdress their brand and so that they can then readdress their demand and the two need yeah. to work together it's very much in this um in the model of short-term sales activation the the longer-term brand building has perhaps taken a little bit more of a backseat and given the context that we've been talking about we need to perhaps put a bit more emphasis on on brand building and actually kind of create more of an, an experience in that way exactly because if we think about the fact that maybe two and a half percent of the of the audience is is ready to buy your product that leads to 97 and a half percent that aren't ready to buy right now but might be interested in hearing about your brand, understanding your expertise and your value add. So there's a lot more longer term potential, but only a small amount that you can convert right now. So there's a, there's a big opportunity there that um, B2B brands haven't really been addressing. And I guess the pandemic has led to that too, right? So when when the chips are down and things look crazy, we focus on the short term, don't we? We, we naturally are inclined to think about how can we keep the business going? How do we yeah. generate as much revenue as possible? That leads us to that short-term sales activation mode. You know, I think it's important as well just to recognise that there are kind of macro forces in play here, aren't there? So so certainly it makes sense that, you know, whilst we need to sell stuff, we're going to focus on driving sales activation. The other things that are perhaps going on, there's you know, there's a wider trend in, in digital marketing and performance marketing that's become very, very transactional about, you know, pushing people through a funnel and I'm sure you've probably got a few listeners thinking okay yeah maybe we do have some of these challenges how would you maybe recognize that that's what's happening to your marketing and then how do you help clients kind of you know navigate through that absolutely so this whole dark funnel storyline and talking to clients about it has been really enlightening actually and a really interesting process so we've got the data that substantiates all the things that are happening in the marketplace and when we share that with a client or a stakeholder they nod and agree and sometimes laugh at some of the seemingly crazy things that they've been doing over the last um, five years. <laughs> and it's a bit of a wake up call. So it's, it's, it's almost its own buyer journey, right? So we're, we're enlightening the customer about a change that's happening. We're trying to get them to buy into the need for change. But what comes next is how to change, like you say. And then what we've done is built a bit of a blueprint that helps brands understand the steps that they need to take and the things they need to change. And it's about those little observations. Um, around expertise and the right kind of content and we believe that fundamentally it is about building better content and of course that content being available to buyers in the right place as it always has been but it's it's content that serves to help and not hype like i've said before content that's focused on the audience and their needs not the needs of your brand or marketing teams and so it's 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 all about the content and the engagement and i think yeah. we've got so we've got so transactional like you say that we need to readdress what that content is doing and why that kind of suggests to me that maybe there's a rethink maybe about you know what what's important in terms of in terms of KPIs do we have a brand that people are feeling positive about do we have a brand that ticks the boxes of modern day purpose just for instance i mean do you, do you think there's 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 perhaps a change coming there as well about how we measure success yeah i think we need to we need to do things differently and then measure differently as well and um, proving that it's working is going to be hard in the short term but I suppose what we can remember is although the funnel is dark, people are still going through their customer journey as they always have done. For us, it's dark. We can't necessarily see it because it's happening outside of our 
purview or, or our visibility, but there's still plenty to measure and we need to place a new importance on new things and measure them instead. And I think for a lot of organizations, not, not focusing so much on MQL is going to be difficult, but your MQL could be a different thing. It could be driven by different calls to action rather than downloading content, turning up to an event, etc. We could give people new ways to engage with our brand on their terms so that it's less about us trying to catch them and more about them putting their hands up and saying, oh, actually, I've, I've looked into you. I feel comfortable with you as a brand. I think that you could help my business. I want to take the next step. So allow the control to be back in their hands and then they can put their hand up and say that they want to meaningfully engage with us. That's a much better quality of marketing qualified lead than someone mm-hmm. who's done something very nebulous on a website or, or done, downloaded some content. Yeah, it, it, it's a bit of a fusion of, you know, some of the, the previous darlings of B2B where yeah. inbound marketing was all the rage, which was all about, you know, we, we want leads when people have come to us. And, you know, you're almost at the point there where it's, it's inquiry level or it's at least consideration. And, and so that, that dark part of the journey has been around for a while. And what we've done, what we've done instead, is try to force a path through the darkness, <laughs> rather than doing the helping bit that you're talking about and getting the topic right and helping buyers to buy through through that dark bit. But if you're a brand, how do you help your buyers navigate through the the dark part of the journey that they want to do themselves? It, it makes me think about you know the, the the topic of the content, but also maybe some other newer techniques that are coming out. Like how do you drive up emotion in content for instance and can we measure it yeah i think um you're right we've been a lot in functional reform i suppose in in driving that analysis and trying to get someone from a to b as quickly as possible when we engage with them as part of the the customer journey or their journey and and we need to consider whether that person is not necessarily enjoying the experience but certainly what it is like to be having that experience so less about getting them from a to b as quickly as possible but doing as good a job at helping them to get to the right decision as possible. No one wants to be nurtured towards the brand doing the nurturing. They want to be nurtured towards making the right decision right. So again, we need to take a step back and think, let's stop thinking of our marketing as a cattle prod and more like a magnet. You know, the bottom line is if your content and brand experience is good enough, then people will come to you. Yeah, and uh, totally agree. We have to do it the way that the buyers want to be done, not, you know, the way that we think it should happen. So. If you're a client and you perhaps recognise, you know, some of the themes that we've just been chatting about today and you think, yeah, okay, maybe we should be thinking about this slightly differently. What's your advice for how they might kind of swing the pendulum inside their own organisations? Yeah, Um, I think it's going to be down to like a a proof of concept or a pilot in maybe one area of your business or a proposition or service line rather than trying to make wholesale change all at once. And it's all about making that business case for change and it, it is going to be reasonably difficult to get people to change their their behaviors and the way that their understanding of the way that marketing works but what's really critical i think as a starting point is understanding the points of engagement and influence for your audience so if we agree that it's not all happening inside our funnel it's happening elsewhere where is elsewhere for the audiences and the buyers and the propositions that we're engaging with and where do they go for information? Who do they trust and who do they listen to? And how can we start to be present within that, within those places? That could be achieved by doing some some research specific to your audience, either either desk research or you could carry out some proprietary research and talk to the audience themselves, a cohort of the exact people that you're, you're wanting to reach in your marketing efforts. 
and really understand beyond the kind of persona development that we've been doing for years, just, just really understand what it is that they trust and, and where they go for information and, and how we can start to be part of their information gathering process. Because like I say, they're prolific content consumers and they're out there doing their content research. We just need to be more available to them in the right places and so that we can start that 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 journey and then allow them to like we say engage on their terms rather than our terms well it it feels like a you know a real a real moment for, for b2b cmos and and marketing leaders i think everything you're saying makes great sense it's it's a moment of, of pause and rebalance so thank you owen it's been a, a real pleasure kind of chatting with you today so thanks so much for joining us on lab leaders and look forward to chatting with you soon You're welcome. It's been great. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to this latest episode of Lab Leaders. I hope it's been useful food for thought on how human understanding can drive performance for brands. You can find a guide to everything discussed throughout the conversation and links to more information about the Human Understanding Lab in the show notes. We're on all the podcast platforms, so do subscribe and make sure you stay up to date. And we'll see you next time.